Let me ask you a question. Does your bed have speakers in it? I bet it doesn't. I bet you wish it did, but it doesn't because waveform sleep. Still don't have your mattress out there for the folks. That's okay. Really exciting product coming to market called the Waveform Mattress. You can go check it out, waveformsleep.com. There's an email list that you can sign up for. You can see a quick little video of people trying out the mattress and reacting to feeling it for the first time. Super comfortable mattress. Uh, I actually have one of the prototypes in my house. I sleep on it every single night. It feels great, even when the speakers aren't on. But when the speakers are on, ooh-wee! Lovely. So go check out waveformsleep.com. Sign up for that email list. Tell everyone you know about it. And now... It's time for CougarCast. Season's greetings! My name is Keith Shirts and this is CougarCast. Thank you very much for tuning in to this edition of CougarCast. It's the 2019 Hawaii Bowl played at Aloha Stadium in Hawaii. That's sponsored by SoFi, making it the SoFi Hawaii Bowl. And the Cougars are playing the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. So, it's in Hawaii. (laughs) Uh, The Cougars head out to go take on the 9-4 Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. And it's not lost on me. Rivalry. It's a rivalry game, folks. Used to be a great rivalry. Kind of wish it was still around. It'd be kind of fun to play Hawaii every single year and beat them like we, you know, usually do. Um, and and that that to me is, uh, I guess, maybe makes it not a rivalry. But yeah, whatever. Okay, so here's the deal. Hawaii nine and four. Let's do the schedule like we normally do. Okay, here we go. Awesome first game of the year. I watched this game because college football was back. It was so exciting. Late night game out there. Hawaii at home. 45, Arizona with Khalil Tate. The vaunted Khalil Tate. Uh, 38. So Arizona loses to Hawaii. Close game, actually. Um, one of the things from that game is, and this is, you know, they have two quarterbacks and both of them have been pretty successful between Cole McDonald and Cordero. Hawaii has had to kind of run with two different quarterbacks pretty frequently. And, uh, and yet they've been able to navigate that pretty, pretty well. Uh, Again, beat a good Oregon state team at home. 31, 28 got stomped by Washington and Seattle. 52, 20, they beat Central Arkansas at home, 35-16. Congratulations, though, to Central Arkansas. You got a trip out to Hawaii. Congrats. Uh, Hawaii stomps Nevada. Most complete performance of the season, 54-3 over the Wolfpack. In Reno, they lose to the 19th-ranked Boise State Broncos, 59-37. to believe that was a backup quarterback for the Broncos that hung all that on them. Yeah. Air Force stomps Hawaii. Great season for the Falcons. 
<laughs> 10 and 2 this year. Air Force and that triple option. Uh, okay, 56 to 26 over Hawaii. Hawaii then gets back uh, from their tumble, having lost three out of five. And they uh, go on a little bit of run 45 to 31 over the Lobos of New Mexico and Albuquerque. They lose to Fresno 41-38, heartbreaker of a game. Fresno pulls it out at the end, late field goal. Uh, Hawaii then beat a very good offensive team, San Jose State. They get by the Spartans in a shootout, 42-40. to Then they uh, the scoring, this is the thing that gets a little bit interesting. Then it's like the scoring for Hawaii has decreased from that point with one exception 21 to seven over UNLV in Las Vegas. Let's just chat, chalk that up. The boys had a good time in Vegas. I'm guessing by the way, fun fact, if you're in Hawaii and you listen to the radio stations there, you know, when, when you're here in the United States and the, in the, uh, in the contingent 40, the, the, the continental part, the 48, not contingent continental, the lower 48, but for Hawaii, also the up. I don't, anyway, <laughs> when you hear you hear things on the radio, the trip that the radio station gives you is to beautiful Hawaii. When you're in Hawaii, the trip is to Las Vegas, typically. So there you go. Um, so I'm assuming the boys from Hawaii had a good time in Vegas. They're able to come out a win over the Rebels because come on, who can't? Uh, then uh able to put together 14 points against that really tough San Diego State defense and uh, hold San Diego State to 11 points. So Hawaii <clears throat> gets past the Aztecs at home by three. They then played Army at home 52-31. to 31. That's the last time their offense is really hummed and cooked. Then they, uh, they actually won their division in the Mountain West Conference, played Boise State in the Mountain West Conference championship game, got stomped 31 to 10. Here they are, the Hawaii Bowl against BYU, a game that will mean a lot to the locals in the islands. So following the season, 130 Division I college football teams adjusted for pace of play, adjusted for strength of schedule. The Cougars of BYU following the regular season Finish in Brian Fromau and, uh, oh my gosh, S&P Plus, uh, Bill Connolly in the F-plus rating, 60th in America, 6-0, right just above 65, so top half, top half, uh, to show you who our company is this year in terms of this is where BYU was, this is who uh, they share a table with at the college football uh, landscape for the 2019 season. Their table mates are Pittsburgh from the ACC, Buffalo, the Bills from the MAC. They're, they're uh, both above the Cougars, 58 and 59 respectively. Louisville from the ACC, 61st. Illinois from the Big Ten, 62nd. And... The Wyoming Cowboys, 63rd. Hawaii, following their 9-4 season, 13 games. Hawaii, 74th 
74th. They took a huge dip after losing to Boise State and getting crushed 31-10. They lost to Boise twice this year. Uh, outside of Boise, I guess, you know, if you want to give Rosie, they're 9-2 and when they don't play Boise. 0-2 against Boise. Uh, but the uh, Rainbow Warriors, 74th. Here's who they keep company with. Okay. Army. Central Michigan. Duke. And Boston College. So Hawaii sit 14 spots lower on F+. Which I think is a pretty good measure of the overall quality of season and where you're at. So 74th versus 60th. Welcome to bull season. As per usual, playing against Hawaii presents a real challenge. What do you do against a team that throws it like 70 times a game, <laughs> right? Um, it's a real challenge. They throw, 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 throw the football. At a place like Hawaii, <clears throat> you can be Cole McDonald and have a season where you complete 64% of your passes, you have 3,642 yards, you average 7.8 yards per attempt, you have 29 touchdowns for 14 interceptions and a QB rating of 144.4. And people will be calling for you to not be playing. Meanwhile, Siobhan Cordero came in and he threw for 58%, 900 yards, 7.6 yards per attempt, eight touchdowns to three interceptions for 139.1 virtually identical <laughs> they both run the football about the same mcdonald's a bigger more imposing figure cordero is a little bit more slight cordero also had a, a little injury against boise state it's unclear whether or not he'll be available to play against byu they haven't made that official yet um my understanding though is is that i'd i'd expect both of them to be available but you're gonna see cole mcdonald i think he's gonna be the guy that the Cougars will have to will have to see. Uh, but with with all things Hawaii, the way that they throw the football, how much they throw the football, and how good they are at throwing the football, has always made them, um, at least when things are together, and they're together with Nick Rolovich as their head coach, at least on the offensive side of the football, Hawaii ranks 20th in FEI offense. That's again adjusted for pace. It's adjusted for strength of schedule. Uh, all things considered, Hawaii, the 20 best, 20th best offense in America, uh, according to Brian Freemau's FEI, Football Efficiency Index. Okay. Cougars are 62nd offensively. All right. So, Hawaii, uh, top 20 offense know how to put points on the board, have struggled of late, uh, you know, struggled scoring a lot of points, have failed to get to 20 points in three of their last four outings. So it becomes a, a really interesting problem to deal with Hawaii. And so much of the thought that goes into beating Hawaii is if you beat the offense, <clears throat> if you find a way to stymie Hawaii's offense, you're going to win the football game. They're, they're such a one-sided team, and, and that is also true this season. According to the Football Efficiency Index, Hawaii's defense is the 112th, okay, 
112th defense in America. That is the lowest ranked team in FEI defense, okay, that still has a winning record. So, 112th. That means there's 111 college football teams that play defense better than Hawaii. All right? And if that's making you feel good, um, you know, BYU's 62nd offense versus Hawaii's 112th def- uh, defense, it, it should. BYU should be able to move the football. They should do better than what they were able to do against San Diego State. Certainly. <laughs> um, if, yeah, they better. The thing, though, that I got worried about is I noticed when I looked that up, the 113th place team was Toledo. And Zach Wilson and the Cougar offense only generated 21 points against the Rockets on the road, which, again, leads me to BYU has been not not really a very good road team this year. They pulled out the game in Tennessee, right? They struggled at San Diego State. They struggled at Toledo. They struggled against uh, South Florida, right? They, they've had a, a hard time playing on the road okay <laughs> they, they haven't they haven't done very very good out there except for you know i guess utah state utah state so anyway uh let's talk about the cougar defense according to the football efficiency index brian freemao footballoutsiders.com byu 62nd so 62nd defense 62nd offense so you know basically average on both sides just literally middle of the pack uh, three spots above the exact middle of the pack. Okay, so sixty-second defense, sixty-second offense. So okay, we're an okay defense, we're an okay offense, and we're going against a team that has an, a really good offense and a bad defense. So is it better to be balanced and be okay at everything, or is it better to be really good at one thing and bad at at the other thing? I who knows, but Hawaii Hawaii is half a team, and you know. Honestly, BYU's offense should be able to find a way to generate points. If Zach Wilson can't figure out a way to get points against Hawaii, there's um, there's some real problems there um, for, for the BYU offense. I, I actually do think you can learn some things going into the next season. And uh, <clears throat> if he struggles against Hawaii, I, I do think that, you know, I think you'll have a quarterback battle that should be wide open. Uh, going into the next year if he plays really well he'll probably keep it so there's a lot at stake for for mr zach wilson he's probably going to keep it anyway just period but also it, it is worth noting that i do think a poor performance where they struggle to score points against hawaii will be used as a as a reason to have kind of a more open competition for that starting starting quarterback job, a competition that didn't exist coming into this season, I, I do think that there's maybe some ground to say, "Hey, it's more wide open." And by the way, frankly, if you're if you're Jeff Grimes, why wouldn't you? Right? I I feel like it doesn't hurt a thing to allow every quarterback on the team to think that they have a chance to be the guy next year uh, and legitimately make it that way. You may not need to. Uh, maybe Zach Wilson will shut the door and put in an incredible bowl performance like he did last year. Um, but it is interesting to kind of take a look at at that as a whole. Uh, just more things to kind of consider when you play Hawaii 
Um, one of the best parts of Hawaii's offense, uh, and and honestly, it's so we're going to talk what what to do against Hawaii's offense. So again, we're back to your Lisa Tuiaki, and you've got this challenge. So I I, I just want to give you a, a couple things. Uh, number one, Hawaii. Obviously, they don't run the football that much, but they've got a bunch of the guys that I'll just call Hawaii receivers. Um, these are guys that are six foot or under who are fast and smart uh, and understand how to how to find some space, and they go and get the football. They have a bunch of them. Okay, Cedric Bird, 1,000 yards, over 1,000 yards this year. He has 95 catches. You know Cedric Bird. He's awesome if you've paid attention. He's he's really, really excellent player. Jared Smart, coach transfer for Hawaii, has been fantastic. 80 catches, 987 yards. So they're going to have two receivers get to 1,000 yards on the season. JoJo Ward, 58 catches. This is your downfield threat. He is the highest scoring Rainbow Warrior. 11 touchdowns this season all through the air. He's averaging 16.8 yards per catch. 58 catches for 975 yards. He's likely going to go over 1,000 yards. They're going to have three 1,000-yard receivers on a single team. Wow. Uh, I don't know. I would need to look it up. But off the top of my head, I don't think BYU's ever had a team with three receivers that caught over 1,000 yards. This Hawaii team's going to do it. <clears throat> and then Sharsh uh, is the last guy. Sharsh is another. Uh, he's a fine receiver. He, he's got uh, 823 yards on 80 catches. So you've got these guys all over the field that can really, that can really hurt you. That really make life, you know, difficult and things for you to handle. And then the last part is, you know who's not easy to deal with either? Their running back, Miles Reed. He's a little guy. Lightning bolt, okay? He, he doesn't catch the football on the backfield often, but he's got, uh, he's gonna, he's got 891 yards, uh, 5.4 yards per carry with eight touchdowns. He's good. And then, of course, you look at, at what uh, Cole McDonald has done. He's almost rushed for 400 yards this year. Cordero has over 200 yards from the quarterback spot. Cordero's probably a little bit run, better runner than um, Cole McDonald is in terms of rushing. So Hawaii uh, have got a lot of their personnel that – uh, have these really big numbers, and of course they do. It, it's Hawaii, right? Uh, they've almost got. They're going to probably surpass the uh, for the offense as a whole. They're going to probably get past the five thousand yard passing mark uh, on the season, which is tremendous. So, uh, a really impressive feat by the Rainbow Warriors, and and clearly very skilled at passing the football, and. Usually the saving grace against Hawaii has been that they are really kind of incapable of running the football, but that's just not the case. Again, they've got this Miles Reed, Freddie Holly comes in. He's a nice change of pace guy. He gets you over five yards of carry. Um, Feruda is just, uh, just bruising. Just a, he's a big boy. Feruda is a bruising guy when he runs with the football. So anyway, they've got a lot of places that they can go with the football and to get a lot of different sort of things done. Feruda will be a short down 
back. Most of your downs is going to go to Miles Reed. And then between that that four receiver set of Bird, Smart, Ward, and Sharsh, uh, you've got to account for and handle all of those guys. All of them are already over 800 yards. If you get rid of Sharsh, the other three are over 900 yards. And before the season's over, uh, I'll call it now, before before the end of the Hawaii Bowl, they're going to have three receivers with over 1,000 yards receiving. That's amazing. For reference, BYU has zero receivers over 600 yards. Zero. Hawaii has four. Cougars have three receivers over 500 yards. That's Shumway, Simon, and Bushman. Aleva Hifo has 400 yards. That's our top four. Okay. You combine the top four right now and their total yardage, and it does not equal the combined yardage of Cedric Bird and Jared Smart, the top two receivers for Hawaii. And, you know, that's not where it ends either. Like I said, you look at rushing yards, and, of course, the Cougars have had to go to a lot of different places to run the football. But, again, the most effective runner for the Cougars this year has been Sione Finau, 359 yards. He's obviously injured. He will not be playing. Katoa's next. Jackson McChesney, obviously Tyson Williams and Emmanuel Asupa round out that list. So Cougars have had to go a lot of ways. So, you know, a little unfair to measure it back and forth, but Reed has been there. There's some continuity within the offense, uh, nearly 900 yards rushing. He'll, he'll be over the 900 yard rushing mark for the season. So <clears throat> lots of tremendous talent for that offense for Hawaii. They've got some downfield guys. And, and the thing is, this is the real challenge for BYU defensively is you know they're going to pass and you know they're going to pass a lot. But the other great, great thing that Hawaii does is in combination with the amount of passing that they do, they're also incredibly good at protecting their quarterback. For, for how much they pass, they almost never get sacked. Their offensive line ranks eighth in America in sack rate. So there are a, a lot of teams, okay? Uh, to be exact, 122 teams are, do a worse job protecting their quarterback. Now, there's two factors in that sack rate. One is, is the overall skill of the offensive line. Hawaii's is pretty good. That's number one. Number two, though, is the offense and its setup and... One thing that Hawaii does at a tremendous level is they snap the football and get it out of the quarterback's hands at a very quick pace. The other thing Hawaii is so good at is their quarterback and their receivers both read the defense to a very high level, react to what the defense shows them, and take whatever the defense is giving and then use it to their advantage. They're really effective at this most of the time. That's why it was kind of unusual to see them slow down down the stretch of the season. Obviously, they did really good against Army, but against Boise, against San Diego State, they, they really struggled, and then 21 points against UNLV. And again, let's just chalk that up to, you know, they had a good time. So if you take a look at what, 
Hawaii does offensively that's so terrifying for me as I look at what I'm pretty sure BYU is going to do defensively. I, I don't like it. I don't like it because you have two problems. One, you're not going to get to the quarterback because their offensive line is pretty good and they get rid of the football at a very fast rate. So <clears throat> my my feeling and my thought about what the Cougars will do to react to that is they'll do what they do in almost every game. They will rush three, drop eight, rush four, drop seven, and and play zone to death, cover three, cover four, you know, mix in a Tampa two here, there. They're going to do things like this to try to confuse on what the zone coverage looks like, but they're going to allow the opportunity for, they're going to try to react to Hawaii. They're going to, they're going to drop back, kind of read what's in front of them and come forward. And, and, and hopefully their tackling is at a, a very high level. Um, hopefully they won't be lethargic after eating a bunch of Kahlua pork. So <laughs> the, the, the long and short is, is you're going to have to take a look at that drop back thing. Now, here's the thing that has worked so well for BYU in limiting points on the scoreboard, 62nd overall defense. But in terms of scoring defense, they, they rate much better. Here's the, here's the issue is, and ultimately like who cares, right? You want to keep people off the scoreboard. So, okay. Um, the, the thing is, is I take a look at what, what the Cougars are going to do and all that dropping back and everything that they're going to do in those scenarios. Two things. One, um, <clears throat> they're going to need to try to get a couple interceptions. Um, I think that they're going to need that in order to beat Hawaii. I, they gotta, they're going to have to force a couple turnovers. <clears throat> Number two. If you're playing that drop back style, the thing that's devastating about what Hawaii does is instead of what most teams do where they see a bunch of zone coverage and they have people just sit in the pocket and sit there and be a target that's not moving, they they run a button hook, a hitch, whatever you, you know, whatever you want to call it. They stop, they sit in the space, and then the ball gets slinged in there and they try to secure it while they're getting hit. Okay, or they or they're expecting to get hit right away. That's not Hawaii. Hawaii doesn't run very many of those routes. That's not it's not something that Hawaii does um, in their design and in their scheme. If you're going to drop back ten yards and keep everything in front of you and and all of that, Hawaii will send a couple people to keep you honest and keep the spacing. But they're quite content with taking the three three yard drop pass, a five yard drop pass. What they will take that time and time again. Okay. However, to Hawaii, it is completely abhorrent. They, they hate the idea of throwing it to a stationary target. They want to hit one of these guys that they have that's six foot or, or below, that's 170 pounds, that runs like lightning, okay? They want to hit him in stride. So if you're going to give us a three-yard pass, we're going to hit our guy in stride, and then you're going to have to react to that and try to tackle him, okay? They put a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure on linebackers and on safeties in those scenarios. So they come across the middle. They're quick. 
They're fast. They'll take those three, five yard, three yard to five yard passes. They'll get them in stride, and then they're blazing up field as much as they can, as quickly as they can. So your your reaction time, your anticipation, you're not you're not running to tackle where the ball's being thrown. You need to run in the direction that the guy is running as he's going to go catch it. Uh, it does provide a little bit of a different feel, a different look than basically what most every other team does, because <clears throat> hitting a guy in stride, hitting a guy with pace who's who's already kind of sprinting and all that stuff, it can be it can be hard. And uh, again, it's college football. Like m- most teams can't do this. Okay, I, I, amazingly enough, it's not a thing that. You know, you see a lot of people sit in space, catch, put a foot in, turn, and make their route. <clears throat> Occasionally, you'll see things like slant routes, and you'll you'll see you know a quick dig and 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 all this stuff. But typically speaking, these moves across the middle, these routes that come across the middle, teams are so afraid of throwing interceptions because it's more crowded through there. There's more chances for batted balls all of that other stuff that they generally try to provide a stationary target for their quarterback to hit because just frankly, there's just most college quarterbacks can't do it. So Hawaii can, and they do it and they will never, they almost never do a sit in the spot route. Uh, They they are always on the move and on the run. If you're going to hit them stationary. Now, if they, they, you might see a dig that comes 10 yards up the field. You know, uh, you, you've seen the, the deep threat has been beating you downfield or he's been trying to get open downfield. And then suddenly, you know, you're going to see a guy like Jojo Ward dig his foot in and, and stop, you know, 10 yards down. That might happen. But on these short routes, they're not going to do this. OK, they just won't. It, it's antithetical to Nick Rolovich and his offense. It's antithetical to Hawaii football. OK, it's what they've done for for very very long time. So if you're busy dropping back like that, and I think the Cougars are going to, the huge problem with that is, is that it has got to be gang tackling and everybody's got to cheat and try to get to the ball as quickly as they can. And the problem with that, the, the, the big issue with all of that is trying to figure out by gang tackling, by cheating to the ball, by getting there quickly, how do you do that with now overcommitting? How do you do that, well, you know, so that you don't move on a pump fake? How do you do it? Because the last thing that you can do, and you can give up that stuff, but if you're giving up downfield stuff to Hawaii, it's over. They're going to beat you. They're going to score a lot of points. Your life is going to be terrible, and it's going to be like that game in 2001 when the Cougars gave up 72 points, okay? <laughs> you can't give stuff over the top to Hawaii. You just can't. Um, and and, and if, they're, if they're hitting passes like that, if they get a couple of them, it, it is really, really tough to beat them. That's why Arizona lost to Hawaii at home uh, earlier this year. So I, I think – I think the Cougars defensively have the bigger assignment and a victory in the bowl game will have more to do with the effort done by BYU's defense than it will its offense. I just I, I don't really think that Hawaii's defense provides such a huge challenge. But the scary part, like I said, for a team that's 112th defensively, the Cougars played the 113th team and they played them on the road and Man, oh man, 
they were only able to put together 21 points in that game. And one of them was an ex- like an explosive play. So <clears throat> when it comes to the BYU offense, same thing kind of goes. They're going to either have to have one of two things happen to beat Hawaii because I think Hawaii is going to score points. So I think in order to kind of keep up with Hawaii's point, point producage, <laughs> production, <laughs> I forgot that that was a word for a second. In order to keep with, with Hawaii's point production, I just think that the Cougars are going to have to get short fields. I think that that defense is going to have to give them short fields to work with. I don't trust the Cougars' run game right now. Uh, I, don't, I don't think there's a whole lot behind Zach Wilson in terms of running the football. I mean, we'll see what Katoa brings. We'll see. You know, I, they might. They, they didn't use Jackson McChesney last game. So I, I'm not, you know, confident that a guy like Tyler Algier is going to make the difference uh, running the football. I, I, I really, I really am pretty nervous actually about our ability to run the football and, and establish that uh, against Hawaii, just because I, I, we've been so inconsistent there. So it, it'll be. Interesting to me if if they're going out there and you got Katoa and he's he's going to be your feature guy. I mean, he Katoa's on four four point one yards per per carry. He hasn't been you know particularly useful uh, of all the of all the guys that have gotten uh, a decent amount of carries this season. Katoa has been the least efficient in that way, but Katoa is the best at catching the football out of the backfield. So, I mean, there is that. But, you know, you're going to walk in there with Katoa and his 74 carries for 307 yards at 4.1 yards a carry. And you're going to walk in there and try to make it work with Tyler Algier. And he's got nine nine carries for 42 yards and 4.7 yards a carry, which is better. Um, that's – but, you know, it's a challenge. Maybe maybe use Jackson McChesney. Um, but I don't know. You know, at the end of the day <clears> – <throat> The other thing with the Cougar offense is you're going to, you're going to, this is one of those, I, I don't think that you should put a quarterback in uh, just typically I, I am always for playing in a way where you don't, and especially in college football, where you don't <clears throat> require a player to be uh, particularly special to help you win. Uh, if a player gives you a special performance, then you obviously take it. But I don't like the idea of being stuck in a spot where you have to rely on Zach Wilson to make all the plays for your team in order to win. I I just I, I don't like that proposition. Okay, I don't I don't like what that means for the Cougars uh, overall. I I don't believe that Zach Wilson is of the of the talent or the, the ability to consistently do that, though he's able to do you, uh, uh, get you a victory and do you extremely proud um, from time to time. He'll have a, a really great game. A year ago's bowl game, right? So I, I do think that there's a place for him to, to go and make a lot of plays, but the idea of we're putting this game on your shoulders, Zach, go get us a win 
they really can't do it that way. They need to call plays that get the football in a lot of different hands that really put the defense off balance because if it becomes more centralized and more about Wilson trying to kind of will it and put it all together, it just isn't going to work well enough. Hawaii, as bad as their defense is, you don't want to make it easier for them to kind of track what's going on there. So I, I, I think that I think it, it's real, real important to figure out who's going to run the football and run it well. You're going to need to either get Algaier or Katoa, and, and they're going to have to be really good, really good in this game. Um, <clears throat> or you need to call reverses. You need jet sweeps with Hefo. You need, you know, whatever it is that you need to do, do it and, and figure out, figure out ways to kind of free things up offensively and move the ball around and, and get a lot of people involved and give them a lot of different looks. And I, and the Cougars have always been at their best when the play calling has been more creative, uh, more inclusive of every spot on the field and using all the different talents of everybody on the field. <clears throat> when it has been more dialed in on one particular player, um, we have been not a very good offense against San Diego state. They called that game in a way where Zach Wilson needed to be great. And he wasn't. Uh, and I, I just think that you, for a bad defense, you don't want to simplify things for them. So I, I do think that they need to kind of make sure they're in a spot where a lot of different looks, a lot of different reads, a lot of different things for that defense to look at and, and give, give them fits because they got to worry about all sorts of different players all over the field because the ball is going everywhere. I, I, I would love to see that sort of approach to the game. Um, so that, that to me is kind of, you know, where we're at when it, when it comes to playing this, uh, this bowl game, I, I really worry about our ability to keep, Hawaii off the scoreboard. I don't believe this BYU offense can can score 30 points. So you're going to have to play really well defensively. You're going to have to do some really, really important things, and you really can't get beat on long plays. You re- you just can't. You can't. And, and Tuiaki knows that, and that's why he's going to drop so many. And you're going to see people on Twitter, and you're going to in your living room, people are going to get angry about why we're not rushing. And it's fine to be annoyed with it, but it's we're four years into this. We almost never rush for four straight years. And <clears throat> the 4-3 concept that Kalani and Tuiaki like is this idea of, of, of let the four guys cause the havoc up front, let everybody else kind of clean it up behind, and, and prevent any big, big gains. And... As they've been able to do that, as they've been able to look at those things and try to handle those things, uh, by and large, they've done a, an okay job keeping points off the scoreboard. <clears throat> the bigger issue of the last four years has been offensively. It is also the issue, however, it, it, it will be the issue against Hawaii, potentially, except for that Hawaii's offense provides such a challenge that the BYU offense is going to have to really rise to the occasion. If BYU's offense goes out there, they're just mediocre, and let's say the defense doesn't force any turnovers, uh, we're going to lose. So, you know, you're going to need the defense to get a couple turnovers. They're going to have bad moments during the game. There's going to be resilience there. I, I don't – I just – I really see this as a close game. It's a road game. 
in Hawaii, it means a whole whole lot more to the Hawaii fans to beat BYU. Nick Rolovich was the was the coach the last time they did it back in that 2001 game. I I just would love to see the Cougars go and handle their business uh, against this Hawaii team that is a good team. I I really respect Hawaii, especially offensively and some of the things they're doing there. I, I worry tremendously, tremendously that, uh, you know, <laughs> the, the rainbow warriors might be playing the Grinch for us on Christmas Eve. So, uh, that, that to me is, is the big challenge is, is, is what do you do when you drop back? Obviously you can't rush the quarterback. He gets the football out too quickly. Um, and also if you, if you don't have like integrity on that defensive line, then what happens is if there's, if it gets too spread out, the, the quarterback can run a little bit and, and that becomes a whole nother set of problems. So I think that they're going to just drop back gang tackle and just try to make it, like I said, it's an attrition thing. Just make it as terrible as possible to play against us. Make them take 10, 12, 15 plays to get to the end zone. If they do, congratulations. If they, but you know, you, you trust that eventually there'll be a holding call. Eventually there'll be a drop pass. Eventually there'll be a fumble or a bad read or something. Okay. And, and, and you're going to have it turn the other way. And, uh, and I, I think that if the Cougars can do that consistently and bring it and bring it and bring it and bring it, uh, the way that they have at times during this, this season, I think they're going to be in good shape to hold Hawaii down a, a little bit and keep them in the 24 point range. And if they can keep them in the 24 point range, the question is, is can the BYU offense come up with 28 points? I think they can, but again, it's it's amazing, but it's it's up to that defense to try to figure out ways to provide short fields or special teams a way to get some short short field opportunities. If those things can kind of work out and it can kind of come together that way, it should be a good day in Hawaii for the Cougars. <clears throat> but uh, there's a lot of ways that it can go wrong as well, uh, and I guess that's the way it goes. In bowl games, you usually got a pretty even matchup. Uh, and, and lots to think about. So it'll be interesting to see what the final exam for the Cougars is of the 2013 season, a seven and five team. Do they finish with eight wins? Do they stay at seven? We will find out on Christmas Eve. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you for listening to Cougar cast. If you enjoyed our show, when grandma and grandpa want to talk politics, you say, have you heard about podcasts? You do that for me and I will I will I will love it. I want I want grandma and grandpa. <laughs> we'll entertain them. All right. Uh thank you so much for listening to this show. Uh really appreciate it. And uh if you uh enjoyed it, you dig what we're doing here, go to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts and give us a review. It helps other people find the show. That's all I ask. Uh thank you so much. Merry Christmas. And go Cougars.